This goes back to this badge of honor concept that we've talked about so many times that we just culturally work, 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 work. Welcome to Your Financial Sobriety, a podcast that challenges conventional beliefs about money and life. We're here to talk about the only three relationships in life that really matter, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with money. And they are all tied very closely to one another. If you've ever struggled with any of these relationships at any point in your life, then you're in the right place. I'm Matthew Grishman, co-owner of Gebhardt Group. We're a private wealth management firm headquartered just outside San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my business partner and BFF, Jim Gebhardt, who got this party started when he opened the doors of our firm in 2005. Jim and I created Your Financial Sobriety because we want to help a lot of people. We're on a mission to become the most disruptive money influencers of our time. If after listening today, you're able to take one step closer to keeping your money more aligned with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you, then Jim and I just got one step closer to accomplishing our mission. Episode 21 is all about two of our favorite R&Rs. Rest. And rehydration. You and I, going back to March 5th, Fifth. Fifth. That was chewy. That was. That was breathy. March 5th of of this year, 2020. March 5th of 2020, you and I were called to task. Our business required us to show up every day in a whole new way that we had never been asked to show up, right? Virtually. We're doing all these Zoom calls. We're constantly in touch with clients, checking in with them, seeing how they're doing with this whole new normal that's starting to uh, be imposed upon us. What we didn't realize was come the middle of July, when we took a pause to catch our breath, how unbelievably bad of a job you and I did at honoring what we've been so committed to for so long, and it's this concept of rest and rehydration. We were exhausted. Exhausted. We hadn't taken a single day off March, April, May, June, half of July. Yeah, but come on, dude. We're U.S. citizens. That's a badge of honor. It was. I mean, I felt pretty damn proud of it. The fact that you and I had been going head down while the rest of the world was checking out, you and I were head down engaged in what was going on, and I felt a badge of honor to the fact that you and I were turning into two perfectly little trained workaholics. Mm. Do you know anything about that? A little bit. So I come from multi-generational workaholics. Oh, you go way back. And I'm sure I've shared this story on the podcast before, but it's so much fun I'm going to repeat myself. So you, do you have a home alarm? I forget if you have a home alarm. I do. We do. Yeah. So, you know, when you set up a home alarm, you've got to have a password with the alarm company so that if the door blows open in the wind and the alarm goes off. And you get the choice. They of, call you and you can you can pick any word you want. Any word in the English language, which how many words are there in the in English couple, language? A couple, two, three hundred thousand. Yeah. So in my family, when the alarm company would call, you'd give the password and you could choose any word you wanted and ours was work. Say that again. W-O-R-K, work. So if I want to break into Danbury Drive now. Wasn't sunshine, wasn't SU basketball, wasn't happy hour, wasn't blue, orange, work. Wow. That says something. A work ethic is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I am very blessed that I have a work ethic. My wife has a wonderful work ethic. Our children are developing great work ethic. It's fantastic. But just as you have shared with me that, you know, the different isms that exist out there, 
workaholism is absolutely one of them. Oh, it's a disease. I am predisposed to being a workaholic, having come from a long line of workaholics in my family. And my dad, if he were being interviewed today, he would tell you that he has a lot of regret over that. But at the same time, he didn't know. In the context of our podcast and what financial sobriety is all about, he had a very, very simple lens by which he was looking at his workaholism. If I make more money, if I am more financially successful, I can take better care of my family and I will feel good about myself. Now, he loved what he did, so he already felt pretty good about himself, but he was going to feel better if he could take care of his family and do it in such a way with money as a tool to be able to make life better. And that required a constant state of working. Yeah. Because if he were to take a day off... He couldn't. In our last episode, we talked about you know unique ability and a team. Well, my dad was pretty clear on his unique ability, but he didn't have a team. So he was wearing 22 different hats running his business. That probably kept him in his unique ability a minimal amount of the day. Right. So the fact that he was able to work until he was 79 before he hung it up is amazing. But he hung it up with burnout. He hung it up with, I'm done. And my older brother had an incredible career and was an extraordinary workaholic in the sense of committing himself to the, the businesses and the, and the causes of those businesses. And he was wildly successful. And if he was on this podcast, he would tell you he burned out at 49. Wow. Because he went so hard for so long with so little recovery. So I'm predisposed to it. And certainly I felt it during this the last five, six months here of COVID because we did. We threw ourselves at our work. We threw ourselves at our clients in the context of the building is burning and we're the firemen. We got to go run into the building and try to help and save people. It does come at a cost. How did you feel when we... When we finally recognized, and, and this is where I'll give us a little bit of credit, is that it took us a little while to realize this, but we did realize it. We realized it around the 4th of July. Things had started to normalize, at least from a stock market perspective. Sure. Clients were a little calmer. Sure. The, the effort that we had put in had taken effect. People, you know, our phones weren't ringing as much. Things had gotten quieter, and it left you and me sitting there with ourselves one day going, Huh. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So tell me from your perspective, the physical toll, the mental toll, the emotional toll that going that hard, that fast, uninterrupted, without a break, how'd that leave you feeling? Absolutely. Mentally and emotionally and physically drained. I am not often irritable, just kind of how I roll. And friends and family, if you're listening, I hope I hope you'll attest to that. But certainly during this phase, I, th I know Beth would... If she was in studio today, she would say, you were much more irritable. Yeah. It's that all-consuming aspect of what you and I do that in a time of crisis, that's what we're called to do. And there's a hangover that comes with it. Yes. So I took a day or two around the 4th of July. Those were magical days because they felt as normal uh, in terms of the traditions that we have around the 4th of July and who we hang out with and what we do. We've been doing that for a number of years. That felt incredibly normal, and I've been craving normal in the most unnormal year in my life and in many of our lives. So then when we actually, you and I scheduled a week off, you were going to go up to the coast, we were going up to Oregon. That also, again, that craving for normal in terms of taking a vacation. And, you know, we went to a place that didn't have a lot of cases and we were very socially distant when we were there and all the masks and everything. So we felt good about what we were doing there, but it just felt, and, and I had out of office on everything. Like what Apple really needs to do, if, if anybody with 
influence at Apple is listening today, will you please make it easy for an auto reply on a text message? Because the only place people could slip in <laughs> to get me and ruin my isolation, and I mean isolation in the most beautiful sense of the word, yeah, it was on a text. So you I were had, still getting blown up a little bit. I had my my personal email, my work email on auto reply. I had my office voicemail on on out of office. I had my cell phone with a with a greeting on it that said I'm you know I'm unavailable. But the god darn texts. The technology exists because they do it if you're driving. So we just need to shift that to vacation mode. It was not, yeah. There needs to be a vacation mode for texting. Yeah. And so, I think that was the longest you and I had gone in all the years that we've been working together of not speaking with one another. For everybody that's listening that thinks you can't do that, if you're running a, a business or a nonprofit or a family situation where you don't feel as though you can go a day or two or three or six or ten without talking to somebody, challenge yourself to do it because it's ultimately healthy for both of you. Well, let's also remember that the whole Financial Sobriety podcast up until now has been a sequence intentionally. Yes. We've intentionally done this where one episode leads to the next, to the next, to the next. And so if you're just joining us now here in episode 21, I would at least suggest you go back and listen to episode 20 on Unique Ability because it's within the fact that we have put together a Unique Ability team that allowed you the ability to completely unplug. Amazing. Which is really a paradox. It's an oxymoron, both two phenomenal SAT words, where by the process of unplugging from the crazy workaholism that we had just gone through, you're really plugging into a source of rest and recovery. Yes. You couldn't have done that if you weren't surrounded by your unique ability team that could pick up the ball and keep the firm going and all the operations and client interactions and right you or I couldn't do that without that unique ability team around us i've talked so many times in this program about dan sullivan and the strategic coach and i will never forget the very first session when our coach was introducing the concept of a free day ooh what's that a free day is a 24 hour period where you do nothing work-related. You don't look at email. You certainly don't reply to an email, but you don't even open your email. In our case, being in the financial markets, I don't even open the stock app on my iPhone. I certainly don't return a phone call. I don't read a trade publication. I don't do anything with respect to my trade for 24 hours. We had a show of hands. How many of you have had seven consecutive days in the last year of free days? There, were, many, four, there were 40 of us in the room. How many raised their hand? Eight. Wow. Eight. I'd like to know those eight people. 32 had not. This goes back to this badge of honor concept that we've talked about so many times that we just culturally work, 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 work. And the old seven dwarfs, it's off to work, we go. That's so embedded in who we are. And you and I are challenging, always trying to challenge the status quo on that kind of a concept. And I am very proud of the fact that in all the years that I've been working in this trade, I've taken at least six weeks of vacation, mostly because I know how predisposed I am to being a workaholic and that this job is pretty stressful, that Mm -hmm. I need time to go repair and recover, or in our case, rest and rehydrate, and do things. And we're going to talk about a game plan for this in a little bit so that if you're listening, we're not just going to sit here and preach. We're going to actually give you a little game plan on how to do this. Because rest and recovery, rest and rehydration – as awesome as that's been for you to take six weeks off, 
I mean, you've shared with me that even as you got good at that habit of taking six weeks off every year, you'd still have these moments while you're in the trenches working where you'd feel completely drained and exhausted. Absolutely. So rest and recovery, rest and rehydration needs to be a game plan that can happen much more frequently than those one or two or three or four or five or six vacations yeah. we get to take throughout yeah. the year. And we're going to get into that. And I would often sprinkle days off here and there. and But if- haphazardly. It wasn't part of a process. It wasn't part of a our, scheduled plan. Our favorite word in this podcast is intentional. Yes. It certainly wasn't intentional. It was pretty haphazard. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, <laughs> uh, I can't. Mm. I can't take a free day. I can't take – I mean, you and I have worked with many clients who have said that to us. And yet they're sitting in our office. They've openly admit they're absolutely burned out. They have this money. They don't know what to do with it, and they don't really want to keep doing what they're doing because they're, they're miserable in that profession. And yet when we go challenge them on, well, when was the last time you took a week off? Oh, I can't. Hmm. What, do you, what do you mean you can't? Well, I, you know, based on how did it, did that, did it, did it, did it was set up, I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, then I think we need to have a different conversation. Is there a profession out there, and forgive me for my ignorance, is there a profession out there like our profession We're in the money business. We're helping people make big decisions, big financial decisions. We're helping people find a little bit more simplicity in their money relationships. One of the things I'm really proud of is the fact that you and I make ourselves available to our clients 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They all have our cell phone number, right? Our private clients at Gebhardt Group. I would imagine there are other professions out there. I feel like we could become very important people in the lives of our clients, that we need to be available to them when they need to reach us. I mean, we're talking about money. We're talking about the fuel that makes the world go. We're talking about the thing that allows us to do the things we want to do with the people we want to do them with in our favorite places. It's how we pay the mortgage, the lights, the heat, the clothing on our backs. It's how we pay for health insurance. These are some very, very critical key decisions. And in some cases, with the people that you and I work with that are going through major life transitions, I would even suggest that we're in the business of life and death at times. That's how important what we do, I believe, is. And I would imagine there are other career tracks out there that are oh, much sure, the same. Sure, but isn't it interesting, all the years that we've been making ourselves available via cell phone 24-7, how many times has a client called off hours, weekend? couple times. couple times. And I guess where I'm going with this is I don't know that our clients really need us 24-7. No, they don't. But when they do need us, they need us to be at our absolute best. Right. And by July 4th of 2020, you and I were not at our best, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, but as any professional would, you just suck it up and you keep going. Right. This is a year where travel is certainly difficult and going places is difficult. We went somewhere we could drive because- As did we. We wanted to go somewhere we could drive and not be in an airport and- get all the way there and not do hotel motel on the on the ride up. And I really encourage you as you're listening to this to find a way to take a break. And in the game plan, we're going to find ways for you to be able to take multiple breaks. Yep. But this concept of I can't take time away, I totally respect the fact that that's an insecurity. You can't see a way. That's really what you're saying is there's a blind spot around how you're going to do this. Well, there's, and, a, there's an ego part of it, too. Oh, sure. Right? That's I mean, I was going through the whole how important we are to our clients, and we make ourselves available 24-7. But in reality, 
We have very few clients that have ever needed us 24-7. And if we go back to some of the episodes that we've talked about this concept of ego, I really think this has been an ego check for the two of us that our clients really don't need us 24-7. But when they do, we've got to be at our best. Right. So let's check the ego at the door and realize that all of that I can't in my head is somehow a function of my ego hijacking the experience of I can. I absolutely can. This is a choice. I can make this choice to build rest and rehydration into my day so that when my clients do need me, I am 100% at my best. My clients need me. My family needs me. My community needs me. Whatever that fill in the blank is for you, it is possible. Absolutely. Let me flip it around on you there, Stanley. How was it for you to take a week off, go to a place, as we've said before, that gives you energy? When you When you go to that spot on the coast, it's an energy source for you. It fills your tank. It's like that supercharger for your iPhone that goes five times faster than the oh, regular yeah. things in the charger box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how was it for you? It was awesome. We found many, many years ago a little spot up on the north coast of California that has ocean, miles of sandy beach, redwood trees, Shh. sunshine. Don't tell anybody. And an escape from the 105-degree heat in Don't Sacramento. Go. Everybody's going to go there. Oh, I'm not going to say where it is because that's my little secret place. You said it was in northern Canada? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's up in the northern Canadian coast. Oh, good. By just, Oregon. Just north of the Arctic Circle uh, by Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> and if you make a left in Albuquerque, you'll get there. Good. So nobody knows where it is. Nobody knows where it is (laughs) except me and the couple, two, three people that might have read a post I once put on Facebook about it, which my wife didn't appreciate very much. This was awesome because we were just surrounded with all of the things that bring energy to me. And the way I spent that week, we talked last episode. You were busy. You told me afterwards how busy you were. So busy. We, We talked last episode about the difference between a human doing and a human being. I spent an entire week being a human being. I went from a lounge chair on the deck of my cabin, 20 steps from the ocean, to going inside to get the fiction novel. You read a fiction book? I read a fiction book that had nothing to do with anything but a story. Wow. A cops and robbers fiction book. Wow. It's awesome. Can you say those words? Can we say cops and robbers? I think so. That's politically correct. Okay. I don't don't know anymore. I read this incredible story. It wasn't that great of a book, but it just was rest for me. And and I sat on a lounge chair. Yeah. Occasionally, I would get up and go down to the beach and just walk up and down the beach. Then I'd come back to the lounge chair. Then I'd get up. Like I said, you were busy. Yeah. Then I'd get up and I'd say, hey, who wants to go for a little walk in the redwood groves where there were more trees than there were people? It was amazing. The beaches, more pelicans than there were people. It really gave me a chance to unplug, which, again, paradoxically was a way for me to plug into my energy sources. Right. To sit in front of the Pacific Ocean and just feel the ocean, smell the ocean, just see the waves constantly. It just it filled my energy tank. My body was able to rest and recover. We had a hot tub on the deck. I spent some time in the hot tub just loosening my body up and just bringing that energy back physically, Mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally. And at night, occasionally, we'd sit down with the boys in the cabin and play a little poker, play some board games. What wasn't on very often was the television. Oh, they had a television. They had a television. Wow. They had a telephone. Wow. Neither of which I chose to use once on the trip. Yeah, nice. Ooh, did I say trip? Well. I meant vacation. So- 
Let's unpack that for a second. And we should. You uh, and I are very intentional on this concept of is it a visit, is it a trip, or is it a vacation? And what I'd really encourage you to do is think about the last time you had a vacation. Right. We will explain the difference, but come on, you know what a vacation is. It's unplugged from your commitments. Everything. It's being. Everything. It's the human being, not the human doing. My boys and I, Amy, we, we've talked about taking the boys at some point on an incredible trip to Europe. To me, that would not be a vacation unless it included some lounge chair time at some beautiful resort sitting by the water. But that would be a trip. We're doing, we're seeing, we're active. And usually when we do, th- when we used to do things like that, when you could do things like that, I would come home completely exhausted. So we got smart on those a number of years ago. And when we would have a trip like that where you're super active, go, 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 see this museum and that church and this hole in the ground and this building and this blah, blah, blah. And the big ball of yarn. Oh, yeah. Uh, Big Ben Parliament, is we would build three or four days of vacation at the end. That's smart. We would always try to finish the trip with a what I'll call a downer. It wasn't a downer, but it was, as you and I like to talk about John Panettes, you know, we don't do ups, we do downs. <laughs> right. We would sit down, we would lie down. Mm-hmm. If you played some music, we'd boogie down. Right. Right. If I ate a cheeseburger, I'd wolf it down. Right. God bless John Panette. Yes. That concept, uh, and so what's a visit? I love my family. Love my, my family. My family needs everything to me. Those are not trips. They're not vacations. They're visits. They're visits. And they are absolutely not vacations, which is where I love picking on our dear chief of staff, Allison. Yes. Because when she first came on board— I can't. How many times did she take a vacation— Zero. —to go help her parents open up the beach house in North Carolina? Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was never a vacation. No, it was a trip. It was a, a trip visit. a visit. Yeah, a trip a visit. And it's taken some time, but I am so proud of her for seeing the difference now between what kind of rest and rehydration comes from a vacation versus how a trip or a visit could potentially take energy away from us and require the need for a vacation. Well, and let's pick on Allison even more. Oh, please. So she would take that trip to help her parents open up the house and bring her work laptop with her. (laughs) So let's bring work on a visit. And really not getting, you know, check email while I'm trying to do this on the visit. And I mean, hey, the only reason I can throw that stone as hard as I am is because it's coming right back at me. I've done it it hundreds of times. You're pointing that finger and you got three of them pointed right back at you, young man. It's just, it's an awareness thing. It's an intention thing. Let's talk about the how again. One of my beloved college buddies, a brother from another mother, just posted on Facebook his two-week trip to Maine and that it's the first time in his adult life. He just turned 50 in May. Dano, I hope you're listening. He took a two-week vacation. Was it a trip or was it a vacation? It was a two-week vacation. Nice. Very nice. And he just can't stop talking about all the benefits from it. Let's call that the the prize. Is, yeah. is that 1957 two-week summer vacation to the beach? A little hard to do today. So let's pull it back from that. Yeah, let's make it real. So my suggestion is pull out the journal that you've been doing all the writing exercises on financial sobriety. Because what we're going to do is we're going to tap some of the earlier writing exercises we did 10, 12, 15 episodes ago. Uh, If you remember back to that very first inventory we did back in the money modules where we were kind of taking an inventory of our wealth, 
we talked about this concept of wealth formation, that our wealth is really these four cornerstones are made up of family, occupation, recreation, and money. So it's important to pull that old inventory out because what we want to try to do to start brainstorming how we put this plan together are who are the people, places, and activities that we would consider vacation, that would be restful, that would be rehydrating to us. For everybody, that's different. Sure. You get a lot of recovery out of playing golf. I do. For me, that's a trip, right? It's, it's work. I'm, I'm not a very good golfer. Now, I have learned how to make it more of a vacationary type of activity because of the scenery and the beauty and the people that I'm with and the fact that I really don't give a crap if I'm any good at the game. Well, and good on you, mate, for being able to see it that way. Absolutely. Our but good, it's taken our, time. Our good friend Glenn is in the same space. It has nothing to do with the quality of the golf. Right. It certainly has something to do with the quality of the golf course and the scenery. The environment, the people. But it's all about the people uh, who he gets to spend time with who he doesn't ordinarily get to spend time with. Yes. Rest and recovery, rest and rehydration is really something that up until these last six or seven months, you and I had put together a pretty disciplined game plan of how rest and recovery can not just be a couple of week-long things we do every year, but something that we can build into our daily schedule. So what we're going to do with the writing exercises is I suggest that you write down one, two, three, four, five different words, one on top of the other in this order, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. Now, part of this exercise of developing a rest and rehydration schedule and game plan is not to get caught up in the hows. There you go. Not to get caught up in the what's. There you go. Don't let the obstacles stop you. Right? Let's stay in I can mode. How I can, that'll become clearer as we spend more time with this. But the idea of can we build a schedule of rest and rehydration where literally every day, every week, every month, every quarter, and every year, I allocate a certain amount of time where it's built into my schedule, these opportunities to have rest and rehydration. And the concept of rest and rehydration, as we define it, are things that give you energy. You don't have to necessarily be motionless in a lounge chair. Right. For you, it could be a half a day out on the golf course. Or detailing my car on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Right? Therapy in the garage kind of thing. Absolutely. I, I love to go out on my paddleboard. My kids love to bake in the kitchen with Beth. Yes. I it love brings, cooking. It brings all of them tremendous joy now they're to the point where they can just bake on their own. And it's just a way for them to take a little break and it boosts them back up again. Yeah. I'm the benefactor uh, of all those yummy <laughs> treats. Absolutely. But I want people to understand that it's something that gives you energy. Sure. It could it be the bike ride with buddies that physically is going to actually give you energy? Or could it be an activity that on the surface may not be something that most people would look at? Like most people look at me. And go, really? You want to? You you you're excited to wash your car on Saturday morning? Yeah, I just volunteered last night. Uh, good friends of ours, who I hope are listening, Dane and Kaipo, they just bought a new Volkswagen Bug. Oh, nice! And it's a convertible. And the prior owners didn't really take the best care of it, so the paints the paint it needs help. And I just volunteered in a text to them last night. How about I detail your car for you? Nice. 
And what do you do? Most on people, most people would look at that and go, "What is the matter with you?" Yeah, That's going to be like six hours of agony. Uh huh. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. It's going to be very therapeutic, and we'll see what Monday brings. That's awesome. So, so let's, let's talk about how that type of activity fits into this rest and rehydration schedule. Well, I, I want people to journal on what are those things for them. Ah. The first thing I want you to do is just scribble the thing. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's poetry. My sister loves to paint. She's an amazing artist. And I always remind her, did you paint this week? Oh, no, I didn't. I had I had a cracker that slipped the rosin and Droxy and snide. <laughs> Who's a what's a huh? what? Well, you know, I got busy with the, with the seven spitzer valve. I mean, come on. What are the things that bring you joy? It used to be when Beth and I first dated, I've got a, a young client who is looking to buy a home in Southern California. And I said, well, one of the things that Beth and I used to do when we were newlyweds, engaged, no kids, nothing, we would go for a drive on Sundays and just check out neighborhoods. That brought us tremendous amounts of joy. I know how much you enjoy just kind of hanging out watching baseball on the couch. You can't go to a baseball game, but it's a way for you to rest and recover on a daily basis. So just start with scribbling down what are those things that bring you joy. Perfect. Then what are we going to do? Now we're going to go back to that list that we wrote daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. Here's what you and I have established for us for a rest and rehydration schedule. Can we find one hour every day just for us, just for that activity that brings us joy, rest, rehydration, recovery? One hour every day. And you and I have really designed our day around it. It's the first thing that goes it's on the, the calendar. First, it's the first thing that we do in the morning. Yes. To the point that I've talked a couple episodes ago about how I get 12 of the 24 hours around the clock for me to make me a better version of me. One of those 12 hours is all about intentional recovery practices. Now, in this current environment, for me, that daily activity has become watching baseball, sitting on my couch with a nice cold glass of iced tea or water and some snacks and I get to throw myself mm -hmm. into watching these incredible human beings go from failure to success to failure to success, all in a period of a couple hours in a baseball game in the afternoon. I love it. That's part of your, in this case, we're calling it an hour a day. That's part of my hour a day that uh, spills, over. spills over a couple hours. Yeah. So a day a week. An hour a day. So that first column of daily, yeah. one hour a day. And because you just spent some time journaling about all these different activities— that bring you joy and recovery, look at some of those activities and do those activities consume about an hour, and how can I build that into my daily schedule so that I get that recovery every day? The second piece to this is the weekly discipline. Warning, warning, warning. I know people are listening to this going, I can't just absolutely just came up. I can't take a day a week. Well, that's what the suggestion would be, is can we find one day a week no. that is all built around no. rest and rehydration? I can't. I'm busy. Mm. I know. Come on. I know people are listening going, I can't. Of course they are. Those are the people that we are trying to invite to just open their mind up and be willing. How? I can't. Yes, you can. It's a choice we make. Right. But go, I can't. Go back an episode. You're being a real pain in my ass right now. I am because I, I know the listener. Yeah. I know what they're thinking. And they're thinking to themselves, I can't possibly take a, a day a week for myself. Yeah, but 15 episodes ago, I bet you they didn't think they could stop themselves from impulsive spending. Good. But yet here we are a bunch of episodes later, and damn it, they're doing it. 
Beautiful. So if you and I can, this is something that was taught to me at a very young age. If any human being on the planet has done something. Break the four-minute mile. You are capable of doing it as well. Yes, I am. I am capable of breaking the four-minute mile. If that's been done, I just have to be willing to do what is necessary to get that done. Well, I'm not willing to do what's necessary to break a four-minute mile, just like I'm not willing to do what it takes to break 100 on a golf course. Right. But I know I'm capable of it. Right. So if you're sitting here with the I can't ism, ism, you can. And if you followed us through these last whole bunches of episodes— We've given you writing exercises and challenged your thinking and beliefs based on what society has taught us we are are and are not capable of. And I'm telling you right now, you are absolutely capable of carving out a Sunday just for recovery. Maybe that's time you spend with your family doing activities around the house. Go back to that journaling exercise of things that bring you joy, and if you're in a place where you don't think you can— commit that one day a week to rest and rehydration, then I suggest we go all the way back to episode one of Financial Sobriety and start again. Because if you've come this far with us, you are absolutely capable and you've already proven to yourself that you are capable of getting your relationship with money right-sized, you're capable of healing your relationships with people, you're capable of looking in the mirror, and where you used to say, I can't like that man looking at me in the mirror— now you do. So be intentional and plan it out. And there's look, a, look ahead a few Sundays. Yep. And put a big red box around it so that, you know, nothing gets put onto the calendar and plan it out. Be intentional. Yes. I'm going to challenge you on that one and say, don't worry about a couple Sundays from now. Just do it this Sunday. Just try it once. Oh, that's what I'm saying is that if you can't possibly see how I could possibly do it this Sunday, let's go plan one. Yeah. But do it once. I'm here you. Yeah, I'm do here it you. once. We don't have to commit to doing this for the rest of our lives. Let's just try it once and then see how it feels the next day. Right. All right. Now that we've argued through the daily and weekly schedule. And I am being extremely intentional because if you think the can't mu- I can't muscle was strong at a day, wait till you get to a week. So what I'm suggesting is on a monthly basis. Excuse me, a monthly basis. Yeah. On a monthly basis. Can we allocate one weekend a month to not doing stuff that's about doing stuff, working, housework, but can we allocate one weekend a month to rest and rehydration and recovery? And then when we look on a quarterly basis, and this is really where the vacation came in and the the six weeks a year that you take, on a quarterly basis, can we allocate one week a quarter to just do recovery stuff? I get it. Some of us have jobs. We work for other people. We're given a certain amount of vacation a year. So this is where maybe I'd be a little more understanding of the I can't. But rather than getting stuck in I can't, what can we do on a quarterly basis? Maybe it's not take a full week of vacation, but are there activities within our job where maybe at the end of the day, we've dedicated that week after we're done with our job to just every evening focusing on our recovery? Yes. How can we turn the I can'ts into I can. You can always move down the daily and weekly schedule and do more of that if you can't take a, a a week a quarter. Absolutely. Right? It's just it's getting creative with an awareness of I need to rest. Yes. I and, need to recover. No different than any piece of machinery. Yes. What we're sharing is our schedule, right? You and I have created yes. our own reality. Yes. You and I have made a conscious choice that we are no longer going to subscribe to the reality that's being thrown at us by society. 
that we are going to what's the kill word? ourselves working well we would kill ourselves working if we lived by the rules and the realities of the world that's created around us so you and i have decided to create our own reality where we are strategically ignorant to what's going on in the world and we have I chosen love this concept uh, this strategic ignorance of not subscribing to what the world tells us we're supposed to feel tells us how we're supposed to act Rather, we're going to be in charge of that. We are going to be in charge of our attitude and our actions. And you and I have set a schedule where recovery, where rest and rehydration is very important for us to rest the machinery so that when clients, our family, our community needs us, when we need to be here in studio with Jeff, we need to be able to show up and be at our best. So we have chosen a schedule that allows us on a daily basis to practice recovery one hour a day, on a weekly basis, one day a week, on a monthly basis, one weekend a month, on a quarterly basis, one week a quarter, and annually that big two-week reset, which we've been challenged with. We have. Now, remember what we said a few episodes ago in episode 19 about rebuilding that relationship with self. Is this about achieving perfection today? No. This is about making some progress. And I would suggest that the most important part of this rest and rehydration game plan is that daily peace. I don't know a single human being who can't build one hour a day, one hour a day dedicated to rest and rehydration. Amen. And if we start there, we can begin to fill in these other places. Yeah, it's a muscle. And it takes time. Yeah. This has been something you and I have been working on for probably greater than 10 years to get to a point where we have the schedule. And even with this recovery schedule, we're not perfect with it. We just went six months totally blowing it up. But we're back on the horse. You and I have already scheduled some time off in this next quarter. Don't know what the holidays will be like this year. It's going to be a, a very different. There, there won't be as many visits and trips, I'm assuming. But we've got time scheduled at, at one of my favorite places on earth that's becoming one of your favorite places, a golf resort up in Oregon, and that'll refuel my tank. And on and the I'm... way home, on the way home, where are we going to stop? Exactly, Disneyland. At my favorite little place up on the coast that you make a left in Albuquerque to get to. Exactly. I've learned so much about myself in the last 10, 15 years, and I know I work better when I anchor towards something, right? Yeah. And when I have something to look forward to in the way of rest and recovery, I can sprint. I can totally sprint. For those of you that don't know me, I am not, and I repeat, I am not built like a sprinter, nor do I sprint. But man, do you sprint. But I can sprint in the work world knowing I've got a rest coming up. We're big sports fans, and you think of how a football player has a performance on a Sunday, then they have practice and rest. Baseball players have rest. Golfers will go, professional golfers will go so many weeks on tour, then they take a break, they rest. Machinery in a factory has to rest. But yet we don't really do it naturally if we're not in those <laughs> parts of life. And that's why we're talking about it, is we don't hear a lot of people talking about rest and recovery, let alone a game plan. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it – don't stress out about it. Just start. Right. Just do something. And I got to tell you, we've talked about a lot today with this concept of rest and recovery, and I got to give you some kudos. You, partner, did a great job of getting me pissed off today. You got me irritated and under my skin with all that I can't crap. Yeah. That just, that really gets me fired up. Because, right. And I think part of it is, is it's you're holding the mirror up in front of my face of the way I used to think a lot. You showed me that old I can't of how I used to be. And man, did I get pissed at the old me. 
please don't take any of my irritation or agitation. This wasn't irritability towards you. This wasn't irritability towards Jim or I to Ace. I just got him fired up. You got me fired up, and you got me thinking about the way I used to think. And, man, I don't want to think that way anymore. I can't is something I said no to two years ago. It creeps back in, but the idea of I can't just is not part of my life anymore. If any other human being has done it, and I want it, and I'm willing to do what it takes to get it, then I can't. And that, my friend, is a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.